0: To thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Baucom. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. It's one of those conversations that comes back to me repeatedly. It's about my client. He would say, Time is money, and he would rush off to work. He was a client of mine, hardworking, he was determined and talented. Uh, Bob, he was a litigation attorney and he always won his cases. So he had many people waiting for him, waiting for advice. Now he wasn't happy with his life and so he would always complain about how everybody needed help and he would rush off and help them. And then he would come in and make sure that he was at his desk early, make sure he was there late at night, always working hard, always either in court or at his office, missing family dinners, missing all kinds of time. And he came to see me because He knew that his life wasn't where he wanted it to be. We always spoke about meaning and purpose and maybe building more of a thriving life. But Bob would always rush right back to court and right back to his office. And as he left, he would always jump off the couch of mine and grab his suit coat and fly out the door saying, Time is money. You see, an hour of Bob's time costs six times the cost of an hour in mine. So it was quite a valuable hour for him. And his schedule was full. And by any measure, this guy had a lucrative lifestyle. He had affluence all over himself. His, his suit was thousands of dollars. The car he drove was you know, close to $100,000. The home he lived in was over a million dollars. He lived quite the lifestyle. But then Bob began to struggle with his schedule. He couldn't keep up as well. He didn't feel good. The food he shoveled in his mouth didn't sit well. This was always the case, but Bob was noticing it this time. He wasn't just able to shovel it in, and he was wondering what was going on. Then one day I noticed that Bob's coloring was off. He told me he had been working on a long case, but he told me he would check on it after the case was over. Bob's wife was concerned, too. He was not feeling well, was moving slower, and not looking good. So finally, to kind of appease both of us, Bob went to the doctor. The doctor immediately hospitalized Bob, and Bob had pancreatic cancer. When Bob came back to me, he said, I'm not happy. My wife is tired of it, and so I am. I'm here. Let's figure this out, but let's not waste time because time is money. And I finally responded and said, Bob, this is an absolute lie. Time is not money money is money, time is time. Bob responded by saying that same line every single session until one day he realized that he had wasted his time. He was out of time. Today I want to talk about time because many times people say time is money and we talk about time and money as if they are the same. We use the same kind of terms like saving money, saving time, spending money, spending time, wasting money, wasting time. The problem is they're not the same. There's always more money to be made. There's always more out there, but there's only so much time. In fact, research has shown that the purchase of experiences versus material possessions is what brings happiness, and yet we don't act that way. There's a survey that showed that 52% of adults would give up a day's pay per week if they could work a day less per week. Many people find themselves overwhelmed every day, as Bob did, with how full their schedule is. Sometimes it's even a badge of honor. I'm too busy to do anything. I don't have time. Somebody once said, you're so lucky that you get to exercise. I just don't have the time in my day. I happen to know that this professional was making choices based on making money. Once had somebody say, you're so lucky you're going on vacation. And I happened to remind them that they had vacation built into their job that they were not taking. The fact is that we often have kind of a badge of honor that we play out in how busy we are. And the problem is that often ends up leading to unhappiness, to a lack of thriving in life. We live in a culture of material affluence, where when you have more stuff, more success, but we find ourselves not happy in spite of that. No matter where the economy is going, no matter how many toys appear in people's lives, it seems that they're not quite getting to happiness, because they're chasing the wrong thing. Just like there's material affluence, which is the place where you have lots of stuff, lots of money, lots of resources, there's also the concept of time affluence, which is where you have more control over your time and that does proven it's proven to show, to lead to more happiness. It is correlated to happiness. Understand that material affluence has never been shown to lead to happiness, but time affluence has been proven time and again to lead to happiness. In his book, Happier, Talbin shahar says that time affluence is the feeling that one has sufficient time to pursue activities that are personally meaningful, to reflect, to engage in leisure. Time poverty is the feeling that one is constantly stressed, rushed, overworked, and behind. So the question for you today is whether you are in the midst of time affluence or whether you suffer from time poverty. Remember we have choices along the way even if you don't notice those right off the bat. There's this term for this unstructured time called white space. White space is the unstructured time in your day. When you get to have time for relationships, experiences, for rest, for creativity, for exploration, walks in the park, meals with people you love, time to play with your kids, time to enjoy things around you, to partake in hobbies, or to read something that you just want to read, or to do something you just want to do, that's the white space. And research is showing that more and more we're crowding out the white space sometimes out of necessity, but often out of choices we don't realize we're making. Part of what we want to look at is how we create more of that space in our lives so that we can move to something better. Remember that we all have the same 24 hours in each day. Now, what we don't know is how many of those 24-hour periods each of us have. I come at this from a perspective of a wake-up call. I remember a time when I was in graduate school, and so I was a full-time student working towards my PhD. That same time, I was a night chaplain at the local hospital, which meant that I covered pretty much every evening, and I was on backup for the nighttime overnight. I also was training as a therapist in the local hospital uh, in an outpatient setting. I also was running a counseling program on the far side of the city, that I had been loaned out by a closer counseling office where I also had hours. So if you count that out, including the time that I spent teaching graduate school, I had graduate school, I had teaching graduate school, I had uh, my clinical practice in one office, my clinical practice in another office, my time as a chaplain, and my time training. There were six locations I could be at without being at home. And each day was a a strange arrangement of those places to be, where I would dash from class to go do counseling sessions, to come back to a class, to teach another class, to end up in my night at the hospital as a chaplain, only to drag myself into bed, only to get up the next day and do it again. Not the best uh, rhythm for fully functioning as a graduate student or as a chaplain or as a counselor. But when you combine all of those, it was quite a schedule. And I remember one day when I rushed outside to go to my next place and I broke into the sunlight after having been in the classrooms for a good bit of the morning, I started towards my car and realized that I had no idea where I needed to be next. I had to stop and figure out what day it was. This was before smartphones and it was before smart watches that would let me know what day it was. I had to sit down and think through what day it was. I had to open my paper calendar and calculate what day it was and where I needed to be next because my schedule was so full I never quite knew where I was. After I finished training and uh, my graduate school, I threw myself into work. And at one point, the same kind of process was going on where I was doing a clinical practice, also teaching in some churches, and also doing a lot of writing and speaking. And I had the same moments where I wasn't sure what I needed to do next. Oh, and I had kids at home at that point and a wife that I was trying to be happily married to. Oh, and I also knew that I wasn't doing some things that I need to be doing, like resting and eating well, getting some exercise. And it all came to a crashing halt when I got sick, so sick that the doctors weren't sure what would be next other than that I would be disabled. When that happened, it caught my attention and I realized that time was slipping away and that every day time slipped away and I needed to make some changes. In that period, I realized that I had been suffering from time poverty. I might even brag about the fact that I was so busy, but I was still suffering from time poverty. And I realized that I had to change my orientation to time. We all have the same 24 hours. We have to decide how we're going to spend each of those 24-hour periods because that's where we live our lives, and the daily schedule. None of us know how long those days will go, but we know that daily schedule. So how might we be able to shift a little bit more into time affluence? Let me give you a few suggestions, and as you listen to the suggestions, notice the voice inside of you that might initially say, oh, I can't do that. I don't have the time to do that, and then reconsider and see if you're ready to make a shift. If you find yourself in the midst of time poverty, that you may decide that you need to make more of a shift towards time affluence. So here's some things you might consider doing. Number one, consider getting up earlier. Just getting up earlier, and that means also consider changing your bedtime. When you do that, you might find that you can do something that actually nurtures yourself. My process has been to get up uh, earlier than anyone else in my household, and anyone else that might be trying to get to me so that I could do some things that are important to me, like writing. That, that process of creating and writing nurtures me and allows me to think through things and move towards some feeling of completeness. And so I now get up an hour earlier than I would normally and write for that one solid hour. What it does for me is it allows me some quiet time in the quiet by myself to sip a little coffee, think through things, type a little bit, And if nothing else goes well that day, to know that I've already done an hour's worth of work that's meaningful and satisfying. So consider getting up. I'm not saying you need to write. You may get up and meditate. You may get up and do a little light exercise. You may get up just to sit quietly and read the paper and do something that is your structure before the rest of the family schedule kicks in. But consider getting up a little earlier, going to bed a little bit earlier, and doing something that nurtures yourself. Second thing you might consider is bracketing errands into certain days or times. I notice for myself that many times I get wrapped up into taking care of the errand that needs to be done today without considering what might need to be done tomorrow, the next day, or the next day that I might do all in one trip so that I don't lose the travel time and the days in the forward. And so that we've thought ahead on what might need to happen. So when we begin to gather those pieces up to think a little more intentionally about the times we might spend in errands. First, we bracket out the times when we're not spending in errands. And second, we save ourselves the travel time. So consider how you might be able to bracket those activities together so that it frees up other spaces. Number three suggestion, de-electronic your evening at some point. Many times we find ourselves lost and our electronic devices there 's been a lot of research on the addictive nature of those uh, different um, notifications and programs that keep us wrapped in and moving into those those pieces so when we kind of chase the rabbit hole of Facebook and all the links towards that, or chase the rabbit hole of uh, an internet search or YouTube or any of those other uh, different uh, apps that pull us in and keep us looking for the next piece to do, we find ourselves losing time to something that really, in the end, in reflection, we're not sure what happened. Have you ever found yourself looking to check on something in Facebook only to pull yourself out You know, 45 minutes to an hour later, not sure what that time was about? It's not that it nurtured you, It kind of ends up being lost, and so sometimes when we de-electronic the evening, we have a choice to do other things, like read something that's significant to us, or relate to people who are close to us, or take on a hobby that's exciting to us. So think about de-electronicing your evening. Number four, do a time check versus your priorities. If you were to sit down today and write down your top five priorities in your life, and then if you were to go through your calendar and see how you spent your time, do they match up? Did you spend time where you say it's important? If you say your family is important and a high priority, did you spend time with your family? If you say your spouse is important, your marriage is important, did you spend time with your spouse? If you say that fitness is important, did you find time to exercise? Make sure that your time priorities and your actual priorities match up. That what you say are priorities matches how you invest your time. Number five, check in on your veg time. See if you're still enjoying it. If you're watching TV and just flipping through the channels, ask yourself, is this something that I'm enjoying? Or has it gotten to be a grind? Or if you're doing some other activity where you're just vegging out might want to just check. Is this something that I'm still getting enjoyment from? There's nothing wrong with vegging out. Time affluence is being able to say, you know what, for the next hour, I'm not going to worry about anything. I'm just going to sit here and let time pass. There's a level of affluence that being being able to make that choice is important, but we want to make sure that there is a benefit to the veg out. (laughs) It's not just empty time that's lost but that it really is something that still feels like it's an enjoyment. If you're truly enjoying that your veg out time, veg out, but check in to make sure that that's still the case. Number 6, up your active leisure. Remember that those moments of experience have been proven to be way more important in happiness than those materialistic things. So doing some things that are exciting to you, that are active leisure for you, can be important. Taking on new hobbies, trying out new things, going different places, traveling, trying out new activities is an important part of keeping ourselves um, engaged in life, but more than that, of having some sense of affluence in our time. I've talked about this before, and back in January, I decided to learn uh, jiu-jitsu. I had thought about it for a long time, number of years, and de- decided this was the time. Now, almost seven months later, I've gone through multiple times in a week being at practice and find that that is my new place of saying, okay, I'm going to carve this space out to enjoy it. There are lots of other activities you can choose. Any activity that brings you into activity is important. If you want to go learn to paint learn to paint. If you want to uh, maybe walk more in the neighborhood, do that. But find some other things that up your active leisure. Number seven, and this is one that many people struggle with, learn to say no. One of the most important steps to saying no is realizing that no is a complete sentence. If you want to be polite to say, no, I don't have time to do that right now, or no, I'm not interested in being involved in that right now, will help, but sometimes leads to the other person thinking that they can convince you on this, and the real point of no is to bracket out what you don't really want to do. So before you say yes because you feel the guilt or the necessity of it, ask yourself, is this a place where I now need to say no? When we say no to some things, we then have the time to say yes to other things. Many of us feel very pressured internally by uh, requests that come our way, and it's up to us to master no so that we keep our schedule, our time affluence. Because remember, we're the only ones that can choose how we spend that time. Number eight, look for time multipliers, things that give you back time, that frees up time along the way, frees up more time. For me, I often find that when I exercise... Then I actually have more time and more energy. I get things done quicker. When I sit down and pace out my week uh, by using a a journaling process, then my week goes better because I've already specified how it's going to be. When I start my day knowing what needs to get done and tracking that, then I multiply my time. In the end, there are times when we realize that if we do something, we save time on something else, and those are the time multipliers. They give us some time back because even though we have to do them now, they free up space in the future. Number nine, free up fitness time. I've mentioned that a few times, but free up fitness time because when our bodies are out of shape, we don't have as much energy to get things done. and When we can't get them done with energy, they take longer. And we might just have more time in our life if we're working on our fitness, more days in order to enjoy the time. So make sure you free up fitness time. You don't have to convince yourself to go to the gym for two and a half hours a day. That's not what we're here about. We're here about using fitness as a way of thriving, of taking care of our body as a way of thriving. And that may be that you start with even 15 minutes of walking or the seven-minute workout or finding some other way of starting the exercise routine. If you're already doing the exercise routine, it might be a matter of stepping it up a little bit in intensity to make sure you're getting the maximum benefit. But make sure you free up fitness time and give it some priority in your life. And number 10, this is a big one. Use the vacation time allotted to you in your job. I was talking with a friend several years back who told me that his company couldn't give him more money, but they were going to give him a week more vacation. And I laughed and I said, you already don't use the vacation you have and don't feel like you can. So they can give you as many weeks as they want to and you'll feel better about it, but it won't affect your job because you'll keep working hard. In other words, he wasn't using his time off. How about you? Do you really use the time off that you're promised at your job or do you give it back to your company free of charge? Because that's really the case. If we don't take the vacation that's part of the package, we end up giving our free time back to that organization, that company, that business. Make sure you at least use the vacation time that's allowed so that you at least have those moments of time affluence if there's nowhere else in your life that you do it. My hope for you is that you find more space and more time in your life and that you use them to continue to build out your thriving life. If this has been helpful for you, I would love it if you would check out my books. I've got two that would really fit into the pattern of building that thriving life. One is my book, Thrive Principles. Thrive Principles gives you 15 strategies for building your thriving life. And you can find that by going to uh, thethriveprinciples.com, thethriveprinciples.com. And you can also find my book, The Immutable Laws of Living, by going to theimmutablelawsofliving.com, theimmutablelawsofliving.com. This is Lee Balkum. wishing you the best as you work to build your thriving life.